Shimao, welcome. How are you doing, man? Yeah, pretty good. How are you? Good as well. Uh, Shimao is a co-founder from CyberConnect, and he's joining us to talk about everything Web3 social and I hope also a bit of account abstraction. So yeah, first thing, first things first. Uh, what can you tell us about your own project? What is CyberConnect? Yeah, for sure. Thank you. So CyberConnect is a Web3 social protocol. And basically, it's a set of a smart contract or a set of infrastructures for developers to build build up their next generation of Web3 product and uh, especially social products. And meanwhile, we are building our own social products like Link3 and our uh, unique uh, social wallet or like a uh, cyber wallet called. So yeah, that's, that's what it consists of uh, CyberConnect right now. Right. And uh, well, in this podcast, like our primary goal is to dissect what it takes to build a great Web3 product. And admittedly, you mm -hmm. guys are the first uh, developer-facing product that we've uh, had in the, in the podcast yet. So I think we're, we're in for a cool conversation. Um, in your mind, what do you think it makes you guys a great product for, obviously, for, for developers and for the other audiences that uh, pertain to your different projects? projects within your product line but yeah what do you what needs do you see your product solving what do you think makes them good yeah for sure uh, I will talk uh, this problem from two perspective so why on the link three side and otherwise on the cyber wallet or like a wallet side so first of all on link three link three is tried to build a trusted web3 professional network It uses a Web3 native ways, for example, like attendance batch, verifiable credentials, SBTs, and EAS to provide Web3 organizations and the person easy ways to build up their on-chain presence. And all of these attestations and the credentials are super interoperable and can be integrated into other projects. So that, that's one thing. And another thing we are actively building is like cyber wallet. So cyber wallet itself is a product and also it provides AA infrastructures for other projects to use. It tries to uh, offer a super new wallet UI, UI experience for users. It tries to solve lots of uh, uh, Web3 user onboarding issues that UA have, for example, like uh, transaction complexity and gas fee complexity. And we are trying to solve it and use like lots of very new technologies and new um, things, for example, like intent-based product design with batch transactions and the ERSA 4637 paymasters to solve the gas fee problems. And, and finally, I think uh, SuperWallet itself tried to solve uh, the the hard part of uh, key management for lots of uh, Web3 users. Yeah, I think these are two main products or main uh, problem sets we are uh, actively looking to or trying to solve. And well, for the for the listener that may have not done too much research on CyberConnect yet, uh, that might seem like a wide 
array of things that you're trying to tackle yeah. all at once. So do you want to go a bit deeper into the rationale of why you're selecting these particular things? Connect the dots a little bit. Oh yeah, sure, 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 sure. So uh, basically as far as, as we say, uh, the reasons like why currently Web3 social product is not so widely adopt or not like uh, very accessible from web users perspective. One major problems is like like the blockchain systems intrinsic uh, complexity and also um, like uh, the current web3 infrastructures have have its own limitations to support for example like massive adoptions or to uh, support uh, easy access from Web2 users' perspective. So that's what we try to solve or why, why we try to uh, utilize different technologies to, um, to, like, to solve this problem, yeah. Okay, and well, now we're getting to the to the very core of the of the matter here, um, Web three social media, and obviously there are a great number of uh, qualities that social media can bring to the table done in a Web three way, such as better payments for creators, obviously decentralized, mm -hmm. sensorless infrastructure. Um, better in general moderation or better incentives for users to participate and own these platforms. So I, I think it's very hard to contest that web that social media being in Web3 would make it better. Um, what else do you think has not really made it possible? So you mean what like unique part Web3 compared social product compared to web2 or i i guess the question could be boiled down to why do you think we have never managed to have a web3 platform for social media actually stick uh-huh uh-huh so so i think uh for web3 social product uh, the unique part is uh, said that it's uh, long-term sustainable tokenomic designs. I think that's a major differentiator between Web2 and Web3 products, and it, it can be a good supporting point to build up a brand new Web3 social systems for attracting new users from the Web2 uh, world. And I think... Um... Uh, in in general, I feel like it's hard, it's it's really hard to to expect Web three social platforms to get gather that many users when there's not really that many new people hoping onto onto crypto all the time. So you mm -hmm. do need to address that mass market first because before you actually attract the type of people that are interested in building sustainable, yes. Yeah, social media for web3 so how do you how do you think we can attract that kind of user what, what do you think is currently missing so that th those users would care to join a web3 based social platform yeah sure sure that's a great question i can see uh, different aspects to answer these questions i think uh for example number one i would think of uh, data privacy and ownership 
So for example, Web3 social platforms can give users more control over their personal data with like uh, decentralized identity systems and blockchain-based storage data storage. Like user can decide who have access to their data, how they use, like reducing the power of uh, centralized identities to monetize your data without consent. I think that that's one uh, one perspective why it can attract some more users, why people care. And the second one is about, as you mentioned before, the content monetization. So basically, Web3 social platforms enable content creators to be directly rewarded for their contributions without relying on, for example, advertising revenues. So cryptocurrency and the blockchain-based tokens can facilitate, for example, like micropayments, crowdfundings, and other innovative monetization models. I think that is super important also. Monetization is a huge one, I think. Um, and that's even what you would often see in normal social media platforms that are just launching. They usually, what they try to do is they try to to pay up creators to abandon the platform that they're currently on and just go exclusive on there so that they can bring along their audience. I think that, that happens a lot when there's like a new Twitch competitor. You just have that kind of attraction. And I think a Web3 social platform would make it more attractive or more accessible by not saying, hey, come and see your favorite creator, but like we're going to pay you better as a creator no matter what because we're not the ultimate owners of the platform. Mm -hmm. and, and so, yeah, obviously you're, you, you have both sides. You have your own platform and you have the the social graph on which other people can buy, can build their own platforms. Um, what, what kind of like product trends have you embraced when it comes to building your own? Uh, the product trends, uh, I would say like, uh, it's more, more towards like, uh, tokenomics, uh, enable product, social product, especially, this kind of uh, product with uh, um, tokenomics building and with uh, uh, decentralization concept building things. For example, like the recently very popular friend tech one is a very good example. Like that's kind of a trend on the Web3 social side, more towards this kind of, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, okay. social product. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a bit more about how you, what did you see in FriendTech that you tried to sort of try to do similarly or what you, uh, yeah, and how you went about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, there are several good things about the FriendTech and we, we are, we share like some similar thoughts or we're building towards a similar um, experience, I would say. So, uh, I think one thing, one like very important sense is about the first sense about the tokenomic design so that it can have a way to do the reward distribution to uh, reward the community members, to reward the contributors. That's one thing. And, and that creates a very unique and a very interesting mechanisms for people to participate into 
normal social activities like、uh, chatting、uh, with each other, messaging, or like、uh, buying other people's、uh, profile or like they call it keys. I think that that's in general in one direction to go, like the economics, economic side. And the second thing is what I think one very important thing is to have frictionless onboarding experience for users. For example, like a friend tag try to use social login for users to、um, manage their、uh, cryptographic keys. I think that is one importance. So we are trying to improve of our products、uh, UI UX and also onboarding experience, so that user don't have to care about too much about, for example, key management. About the transaction systems, about the gas fee systems, coming coming from blockchain system itself. Rather, they are just、uh, more focusing on product itself, and focusing on what it can provide to the Web three users compared to a normal Web two products. I think these are two unique side and、uh, very interesting part. I think.、Um... One thing that Friend Tech did really well,、um, and that not not that many people paid attention to, but I, I think the right people paid attention right paid attention to this, was the ecosystem that immediately emerged around it. So、mm-hmm. immediately you had people like opening secondary market for users' keys, doing you know all, all kinds of things, and in in my opinion, that's part of what made Friend Tech. Feel very fresh that it was not just trying to do Reddit with money as upvotes like Steam did, or not really trying to do like a Web three Twitter like someone else tried to do. It really felt fresh.、Um, what what kind what kind of features do you think、um, Web three social media platforms need to have to get popular, or to actually yeah to to drive more interest, or to harness the capabilities of Web three a bit better? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I think one key features is、uh, as as I mentioned before is to have a very frictionless、uh, logging method or like onboarding experience. So that's maybe very sounds very minor, but actually、uh, not because the、uh, uh, the account system on Web three world is super different. Be- From like web web two's world, so that I think one key feature is is to provide a very easy logging、uh, mechanism or like onboarding experience for users to onboard to your social product first. I think that's that's very crucial. For for sure, and I, I mean, <laughs> at Particle Network, we would know、uh, one thing or two about that,、uh, being like wallet as a service providers and social logins providers and so on.、Uh, but、mm-hmm. I was referring to mostly as、uh, as what make what makes products unique because. It, I mean, social logins are cool, but no one goes to an app just because they're able to to log、mm-hmm. in with their socials, right? You need something that attracts people, and and it's been hard to see social platforms grow as much 
lately. It looks like we're stuck with the same ones plus TikTok and also everyone's trying to sort of copycat TikTok. But what do you think, yeah, a social, a Web3 social platform would need to do to actually get popular? Yeah, yeah. I, I think one, one direction could go is to uh, from the content monetization channel. So probably uh, develop a more um, more ways to for um, content creators to monetize their content easily and in various ways. And yeah, yeah, I think because um, lots of the users coming along with their um, big they are they are kind of like big fans for their for some sort of a uh, creators or uh, content creators, so I think it's important to attract this kind of uh, content creator to join this community first. So that I think why like offering um, a better or like different sorts of uh, monetization channel is important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Agree. And well, before you mentioned infrastructure, and I think that's uh, that, that's an interesting co component of this. Um, everyone sees account abstraction as being a big step forward in in user experience and what we can enable for users. Um, but what other um, what other infrastructure points do you think Web three socials need to? To address or or has addressed that has allowed that allows us to move further. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I think there are from three perspectives in terms of these questions. There are three, I think, difficulties like current infrastructures cannot support very well, so that we have to uh, develop new set of uh, infrastructures. Or protocols to better support uh, Web three social product. So one thing is about the the key management itself. We need to have a better infrastructures to support uh, users to manage their keys in a safe and uh, non custodial way. And the second is try to reduce the blockchain system's intrinsic complexity. For example, like the transaction complexity and the gas fee complexity, because for most of the times, for people to enter the Web three social products, like if if like uh, they need to care the transaction waiting time, the gas fee payments, then it will very frustrating for like first time users to use this product. And finally, I think there's current in current landscape. There's lots of uh, L2s, L1s, and lots of isolate blockchain systems. So we need to uh, have a better infrastructures to do, for example, multi-chain account management or cross-chain communication so that people can do like their transactions or their interaction with products without the knowledge of underlying blockchain or underlying networks. Yeah, I think these are three different problems or different things the infrastructure side should have a better support to build up a more accessible web3 social products. Mm -hmm. 
And you're directly trying to to address a bunch of these, right? Uh, yeah. So uh, we try to solve some of these problems, but I think uh, for some like difficult problems, we need the uh, corporations and uh, efforts from the whole uh, crypto community to build up it together. So sorry, a few what? Uh, to build up it together with other crypto uh, communities. Right. Yeah, and and I think that's very that's very critical. Uh, th there's always this feeling that when you have a, a market surge like we're experiencing right now, that that might bring in new people to Web three, and that's always seen as largely positive because we do we do need new new developers we do need new ideas in the space we do need it to slowly creep into the mainstream so i i guess another question would be what do you what do you think should happen um this cycle in web3 what would you like to see more of uh yeah for sure uh so one thing I think I, I'm feeling like very interesting and I would like to say is uh, is RWA, the real world assets can be binding uh, into crypto concurrency and can be binding utilized uh, in the Web3 world. I think that's one side. Another thing I would like to say is to um, say, for example, more uh, network level obstruction so that I'm, I'm, in general I'm feeling like there's too many overwhelming concepts for users to learn like different blockchain systems why it exists and why there's so many isolated existence there so that I would love to say more like um, a unique entrance for people to interact with the products instead of caring too much about different blockchains and different ecosystems. And uh, love to say more unified experience for people to interact with uh, these systems. And in that regard, I think we're creating a, something pretty similar. Uh, uh, Particle is currently working on our Omnichain account abstraction uh, stack. And one thing that we're really interested in seeing is users being able to manage accounts in multiple chains um, by paying their fees with only one token. Because yeah, currently the the L2 panorama is very exciting for Ethereum scalability, but you there comes a point where managing assets across all these chains becomes too much and where for you as, as a user to keep track of which assets you left in what chain in one chain what your private keys are for that chain what's like what tokens you need to hold to pay for gas fees it, it becomes too much and there's no there's no universe in which web3 is a single thing in in which we haven't figured out the cross-chain and multi-chain flows that need to be figured for that to happen. Um, so uh, at a product level, what else 
do you think needs to happen when it comes to to cross-chain, open-chain, multi-chain? I know that that's a problem you guys are also very interested in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, at a product level, I think uh, the recent very popular idea of intents is very interesting and I would love to say on product level. So that's, I think the interaction between people and the blockchain system may change in the future. So for now, everyone knows like open up your crypto wallet and uh, sign some message or send out some transactions to some somewhere like uh, or like interact with some product by clicking your MetaMask or send out transactions. But in the future, I think it could be a totally different experience on the user side when they're when they interacting with a web3 product for example it more like could be interactive uh chat like chat gpt i can just uh, enter what i need and what do i want so that there are intermediate solvers agents to help me figure out what kind of transactions i need to do and what of uh transactions need to what kind of a different results so i can choose different routes to uh to finish my uh original uh, needs that's actually also pretty pretty similar to something we've been thinking about the intent fusion protocol mm -hmm. i think in general there there are two ways that intents are represented in the industry People talk about them either like as if they are basically limit or there is in Uniswap or if they're like a more general purpose language, like I guess what we're mm -hmm. describing here and what we both see it as. Um, how far away do you think we are from a Web3 paradigm where intents are actually at the center of everything we do? Uh I would say it's it's not that easy, and it definitely takes some time to build. But uh, but one thing I want to say is like it's not actually very far away from our current systems. So uh, give you an example, like uh, the intent concept is not pretty new. So in Web two worlds, like the intent is everywhere from like Google's internal systems to some open source products, the intent concept is everywhere already. Yeah. And in Web3 world, for example, like uh, people can argue like ERC-437 itself is some kind of intent framework because they try to abstract away the account logic and uh, lots of uh, guest payment logic so that you can build up your own account specific intent so and and i think for the next step there could be there will be lots of uh, new infrastructures to support like independent mempool or independent architectures so that they abstract away the complexity of a transaction itself and emerge a new intent focus or purely intent based uh paradigm I would say, yeah, it will take months for people to build, but it's not that far away from our current landscape. 
And actually, yeah, you're right. In in a big way, ERC four thirty thirty seven is getting us closer to intense. In a big way, and I think like there's always gonna be something that gets you closer to intense, right? It's not like mm-hmm. it's not yes or no. It's not black and white. You can get closer to the overall concept um, until at some point you do have something like a chat GPT interface that executes everything for you upon your command. Although that, that's even something that sounds pretty new in Web2. That's, that, that's like, I, I think if we could get to the point where the developments in Web3 get Close that close to developments in Web 2, it means that we're doing pretty good. It means that we're actually catching up instead of so far behind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm curious about what your process of developing this um, intent network is like. Do you want to share a bit more about that? Uh, what's the pros to develop this uh, intent based framework? Oh, process, sorry. Uh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it, there are different stages to develop such uh, intent-based assistance. On the one side, we need to have a, a so-called DSL, like a domain-specific language. So we can abstract away the current uh, transaction assistance. So we have a higher abstraction to describe a problem. So instead of like say, okay, this is a, address this is a amount of uh users i want to interact with uh this smart contract we need to have a abstract way to describe the problem itself so that we can have a proper uh scope or proper um tools to intersect the, the problem itself so i think that's one thing to have a abstract way to describe a problem or abstract away from the transaction system itself. And second, secondly, I would say we need to have a clever solver assistance to try to understand the problem and to try to come up with a solution to execute this kind of uh, problems. So the solver probably uh, it plays uh, the second important part on developing this kind of infrastructures. And lastly, I would say an execution platform execution architecture is super important. For example, when you uh, define or created a set of problems and the solver find a path to execute these problems, we need to have a, a very high performance and a very fair platforms like uh, Flashbot as a swap. So it's an independent architecture connecting to different blockchain systems. And it can guarantee privacy and fairness because uh, privacy is important because uh, people cannot say what you are doing or what are you trying to achieve. And the fairness is also important so that when the solver finds a path to solve some certain problems, everyone should have a chance to execute this kind of uh, uh, path or try to execute some transactions on different blockchains. And uh, this is a critical part of uh, building towards uh, intent-centric architecture or intent-centric systems, I would say. Do you think 
when it comes to solvers. Um, that, that, that's one area where I personally, I'm not too sure how that would work because you, it seems like you would need to have a lot of different types of solvers, um, especially one solver for basically any transaction that's possible in Web3. Um, how, how do you see like the ability to bootstrap such a large, well, so, such a varied type of market? For solvers, do you? Yeah, I guess. How do you think about this problem in general? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest, uh, I think it's hard, as you describe, especially in terms of like efficiency. And uh, um, uh, I think one one thing is like as long as you have a a very clear problem set defined, and solver just trying to find out the routes. But it, it sounds like easy, but it's actually very hard. Just imagine, like in current DeFi worlds, there's a lot of uh, so-called DeFi aggregators. What are they trying to do is kind of like a solver. They try to when you do a swap from token A on blockchain A to token B on blockchain B, the aggregator try to find the underlying bridge, find the, find the underlying uh, liquidity provider, and find the underlying uh, gas efficient way to do the token swap but uh, most of these solvers currently are centralized so like you send out like uh, api request to these centralized servers they tell you the decentralized routes you can execute i think in the future like it's relatively easy to bootstrap it from a centralized solver first and then they offer um optimized routes you can use to compare the results with other centralized solvers and find and utilize the best routes you want instead of like from the beginning you have a fairness or you have a very open solver marketplace i would say it should like uh, begin from a more efficient or more centralized way and gradually with the maturity of the whole marketplace people can come up with the incentives to incentivize different solvers to propose their solutions to the intent. In, in the case of the Intent Fusion Protocol, yeah, our, our version of tackling this problem, um, what we see the solution of, uh, well, the building of the DSL itself, it's basically by expressing constraints as outputs and outputs and inputs, right? Input and, out and output constraints. So mm -hmm. w one thing that I like that you mentioned that it's also true and that fits within this framework uh, is the existence of aggregators, which are, I, I, think, I think aggregators are a good example of intent-centric products that also are in some ways solvers of problems because they... Well, yeah, they aggregate a bunch of solutions under these. Um, what other types of existing products do you think can help people get closer to the idea of intents or that are already somewhat a role model for intent-centric design that we can find around? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I would mention is about the the Flashbot's uh, new uh, new architecture called like swap i saw like uh people try to build like cross-chain uh orders by using swap 
so that they can just basically submit uh, so-called intent. And then uh, there are different solvers try to beat, try to beat like the transactions and try to get uh, the rights to execute it. And it's on the DevNet or TestNet. I think that's very new and very interesting to uh, to dig more. And that's probably one very good example towards uh, internet-centric paradigm in the future. Yeah, definitely. And, and even Flashbots, you could say that it was pretty intent-centric if you, I mean, if you tried to dig into the meaning of the word, right? Like it was definitely solving a, a user need in a very straightforward way. Um, I think we're just around the time to start wrapping up. Um, is there anything that uh, we missed that you that you wish to tell the people listening this about CyberConnect or about what you're building? I know that since you're building a lot of things simultaneously, there might be something that I missed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, one thing I would say is like uh, maybe missing is like uh, although like we are building. Link three as like for example Web three social product or social platform, and the wallet itself it's a uh, uh, kind of like a AA wallet. But I would say we also spend lots of time on the AA wallet itself, like a, a kind of abstraction uh, design and the research itself. We actually have a lots of new ideas around in how to combine like cutting edge technologies with uh, a kind of abstraction. For example, like uh, ZK coprocessors to uh, read the data online uh, on chain so that you can use it to as a way to do social recovery on AI wallets. And also we are exploring things like uh, modular account design so that people can have their embedded wallets as a sub account of uh, their master AI account. So I would I would just express like uh, several wallet is actually very actively to um, pushing the boundary of uh, ERC four thirty seven uh, wallets and uh, AA wallet in general. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's I think the way the way to go uh, around these things in general. ERC thirty thirty seven is pretty funny because. It looks at the same time very unflexible, but it does a lot. It does give you a framework to work with to to achieve this kind of thing. And yeah, but I mean, at, at Particle as well, we are thinking seriously and tackling the problem of getting um. This gets me back at account abstract at omnichain account abstraction. Mm-hmm. Just getting an EOA on one chain as a signer for so many chains and. Well, yeah, back to the same problems um, we were th- we were talking about in the beginning. Chimap, uh, really, thank you very much for for your time. Um, where can the audience find you? Where can they find your project and learn more about it? Yeah, just uh, find us through uh, Twitter or uh, Telegram. Would be great. All right, CyberConnect on Twitter and Telegram. You heard it, people. Mm-hmm. And well, th- thank you very much for for the time and for the conversation. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for inviting for, for this. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And well, we'll see you next time. Keep uh, tuning in for more episodes. Bye-bye. Sure. Thank you. <laughs>